0: This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. Behavior change sometimes can take a long time and it can feel hard. So if we can wrap it in culture, you find it can stick easier and longer.
1: Hello, I'm Anita Walker at the Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Malia Lazo, who is the founder of
0: Urban Labs, and welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. So what's Urban Labs? So Urban Labs is a boutique diversity and inclusion consulting firm, and we do a lot of strategy around culture and um, how companies and institutions can open the door their doors to people that they want um, in a way that shifts culture to not get a lot of the tone deaf mistakes that um you see happen a lot
1: now you have a long career of working in communities community organizing and really kind of harnessing the of culture and bringing people together. Talk a little bit about some of your work.
0: Absolutely. Um, I've been, I like to say I'm an old school organizer. Um, I was trained in places like Midwest Academy um, and have some great mentors. Um, But I started doing voting work and really trying to bring culture to voting um, and started mass vote. We were doing things like Knock Across Boston and and things like that. And I think that's when I really realized that if you want to make change, people have to feel it in their hearts and people want to have fun. Um, It doesn't always have to be a slog to, you know, feel open to another type of person, right? Um, It can actually be a fun thing. Um, And behavior change sometimes can take a long time and it can feel hard. So if we can wrap it in culture, you find it can stick easier and longer.
1: Talk about your accelerator program, Um, really recognizing that creatives Um, navigating sort of communities in the world and profit-making and all the rest of it that could be a challenge
0: you know the accelerator program is one of my the programs I'm the most proud of it's one of the last programs I built and it really comes out of this need that we saw in the community which was that creative um, companies creative entrepreneurs didn't have a space Um, there wasn't a chamber for them, if you will. And so we wanted to be able to support these startups and people who didn't have business um, in their culture, but did have business in their blood to help them get to market. So Accelerate Boston is a six-month curriculum that also then has a year-round wraparound services for our alumni. The six-month curriculum is really aimed at helping people um, helping our entrepreneurs understand the basics of business. Why is a p and important? because it is <laughs> right um, and why should you not cry when you have to sit down and fill that fill and fill it out how do you actually get someone not to cry when they do that well we say no cry but just like we'll hold your hand and it'll get easier every time um it's funny because the finances classes is where we had the most learning and the most changing the first finance class we did um, we had someone from a large finance you know company that seemed to make a lot of um, sense for you know mainstream bridge building and he started and I could tell that like I was you know I wasn't seeing I was sitting in the back of the class but I could tell by his face this wasn't working um and he sort of stopped and he said are, are you okay do you need a minute and one of our entrepreneurs was crying and so we stopped we got into circle we talked about the trauma of money um and you know we talked about that P&Ls are hard not just because they're you know a pain to you know fill out this and what are the, you know, what are the actual expenses? You're not always spending $100 on postage or whatever it is, right? But but that it's also scary because money is scary um, and taking that risk around money. So now um, we do a trauma with money class before we do the finance class. Um, And the finance teacher, right, who comes from this large financial um, institution has also changed his approach right and because he's like oh wait I'm from a place where everyone loves talking about money but you know he's now in a place where money is not a happy thing right where money comes with stress and money comes with anxiety and you know there is no friends and family to think about when you're starting a company for a lot of our entrepreneurs you know so um, yeah we, we're honest about it um, and I think the biggest thing we offer um, to our artists and to our creatives which tend to be more empath right? They, they tend to be more um, sensitive and, and sit more in the, the emotional side of, of personalities. And we want to give them a support, right? Because um, they, if they want to make a business of it, then this is what they have to do. Um, and so we, we lay that out clearly, and then we do hold hands and hug.
1: Is there sort of a, an inherent tension between a creative's you know, ambitions around their vision, as a creative to make what they want to make versus sort of the business demands of what the customer might want you to make?
0: Oh, absolutely. And how do you make what you want to make at a cost that makes it that you can sell it, right? I mean, there's all these factors that need to impact the creative process. And for um, a lot of creative people, that's something that's difficult because this is, this is a creation. This did not exist before and you created it, right? So there's this ownership to it. I mean, you also find it hard to just talk about selling it, right? It's a bit of
1: yourself. I mean, it's like selling yourself.
0: Exactly. And so, and you'll see in the different industries, different ownership, um, you know, where chefs um, sometimes will tend to, you know, chefs are artists, right? I mean, they, if you tell them like, well, you might not make a, profit if you're, you know, doing all of this amazing food, which I know is incredible, but um, that might not work. Um, You know, it's difficult for them to then be like, you know, well, let me think of a cheaper option, right? I mean, you're asking them to change their their creation. Now, some of our, you know, tech, some of our graphic design that, you know, there are some industries where they can be a little more natural towards those, you know, different iterations or different changes. Um... But yeah, it's a um, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. And you know, what, what is something that you created worth? You know, fit, you figuring that stuff out. What what will you pay? and can I talk you up right like that that's but but it's those you know it, it is those um types of of conversations um that I think the more our artists and entrepreneurs have the more comfortable they get in thinking about what is my break you know what 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 is profitability to me right um and for some people they're like wait this is a hobby Um, And, you know, we have had a few entrepreneurs who were self-reflective enough, thank goodness, before they, you know, went and started a business to be like, you know what, I just like making my, you know, things and selling them at the fairs and this and that. When I start thinking about mass distribution and needing to get a kitchen and needing to, I don't want to do all that. Like, I just want to make my muffins and, you know, sell my muffins. And, um, and that's also important because that's also worthy, right? Like a hobby that you can sell is a worthy endeavor. Um, it doesn't make you any less entrepreneurial. It just gives you a better um, e- um, expectation, I think, right, to set your business goals around. You know, this might be your vacation money or, or whatever it might be. Um, but do it smart, make sure you're paying your taxes on it, right? And um and always have insurance.
1: <laughs> always have insurance. <laughs> Famous last words. Talk a little bit about um so you talked about community and community organizing, and it feels like for creative entrepreneurs, they're just like one person operations. It's a kind of a lonely endeavor in a lot of ways, isn't it?
0: It really can be. It really can be, especially in um, communities that don't, again, come from, um, you know, a lot of business backgrounds, or, um, you know, in some cases, you might be the first person to, you know, say, I'm going to set out, um, you know, for a lot. And this is, I think, more of a class thing than, than what you know, than anything else. But what we see is, not only is it a risk and, you know, maybe even seeming like a bad idea to your family because um, they don't understand why you're leaving healthcare or your pension or right, whatever you might have. And um, it also can be very, you know, very isolating because you're trying to create something and it's you in your lab, wherever, you know, that is between you, your heart and your brain, um, trying to make something real. Um we really try to push for people to create teams. Um, you know, a lot of successful businesses are very rarely done with that lone, um, you know, person. Um, the stories are told about people in addicts. They're not alone in addicts, you know. And they say that right. Every Bill Gates has his. What was it, Walt? Wozniak or Wozniak, right? Whatever, you know, like Wozniak, right. You know, so it it is important to not be alone because it can be very isolating. And that's something else that I think um, our accelerator really provides. Um, This year, what we're hoping to really try to capture um, and moving forward is this idea of how do you measure that, right? Because what support gives you Um, What that emotional support through the isolation, through those scary times, we don't know how to measure that just yet. Um, And I think that that's something as we move forward with accelerators and business development programs throughout the country that we work to really capture. Because it should be a standard, not just, you know, how many businesses have been through your accelerator or have gotten to market.
1: Do you have one or two favorite success stories?
0: I do. I have a lot because I love them all equally. Um, but there's a couple of things ha- um, that, there's a couple of businesses that touch, you know, that j- just touch um, my heart. So um, the first one is Trillfit. Um, And they have a studio in Mission Hill on Tremont, um, and they are a boutique fitness company for urban millennials. You can tell by the name Trill Fit. It's about being, you know, having fun, cutting up, dancing, having a good time. Um, She's been growing, and um, in this past, she did a full scheduled last year at another studio. And within that year has been able to set herself up to open a studio in Mission Hill. So there's a black woman owned studio exercise studio in Mission Hill that that folks can check out. Um, And I think it just, what I love about her story was that she came in wanting to do this because she couldn't figure out a comfortable way to work out. And it wasn't that she couldn't afford boutique fitness. She could, but when she would go, she would be one of the only women of color. They would be listening to music that she didn't want to listen to. Um, you know, she would sort of stand in the back and just, you know, get through it and leave. Um, and she really wanted to create a space of a sisterhood. Um, and when you go to a Trill Fit class, it's not just black and Latino. You know, it's, it's a real mix of women coming together. And men do come, you know, but I don't want to, it's women, it's a sisterhood. Um, And then they do this larger event called Brunch and Burn, where 200 people come and work out together. And men do come to that and are able to, you know, enjoy the um, space of sisterhood. And we love, you know, holding space for men as well. Um, But it's just a great example. It's got me working out, even though it's not my generation, it's a generation younger than me. But they, you know, these Women remind me of me, and you know, wanting to just have a good time with a workout and going to and jazzercise was what was offered. And I don't say that in a bad way. My mother owns a jazzercise <laughs> center in New Jersey, so. <laughs> so
1: just to take this example, um, you know, the profit and loss statement and you know managing the books, but a fitness center, there must have been lots of other hidden. You know, mountains to climb to get the doors open.
0: The best story that I love that Heather tells um, publicly, so I'm not spilling any of her tea, was when we were getting ready to open the studio, we went, or we saw, you know, we were looking at different spaces, and she was like, Malia, will you come? Um, We were going to be bringing in, you know, a lot of TA to support her and everything, and I said, of course, and we're looking at the space, and we're, you know, we're liking it, and like, okay, I think we're going to do it, and um, the developer is like, Um, great, you know, do you have plans? And Heather's like, oh, I got plans. Like, this is going to be dope. Like, And neither of us realized, he was talking about plans. He was talking about actual blueprints of what the floor was. And so when he said that, like, uh, Heather was like, she called me. She was like, he means plans like blueprint. I was like, oh, my God, of course. Like, of course he does. But we were just so excited about this space and seeing it that, um, you know, and they have to be, you know, authorized, right? Like it can't just be like, I want the mirror here, draw that, you know, like you have to have, you know, official people doing it and all of this stuff. And so, you know, it was an, it's an example of a learning experience. Um, and the reason why we bring our alumni back together is because they tell these stories to each other and that helps folks learn. And it really helps bring a, a centering in a business, you know, culture creation, I guess I, I would say. But yeah, no, th- there have been some things, um, you know, you, I mean, we had a business that was going to be baby food um, until we learned what it takes to make baby food because, you know, no one's going to be responsible for killing babies. So um, in order to make your baby food, you have to have a lot, go through a lot of regulation, rightly so, right? I'm not, but when you're trying to start a business, those costs are become prohibitive. <laughs> um, so you know, I mean, I have learned things like that, like what it takes to move live cattle across the country. I mean, you you learn a lot of, especially with creative businesses. Um, you know, because we have this one great business um, that's um, that's in the you know in the formation right now that is a co-op artist hotel. So the you know artists will own the hotel. They'll provide all the artistry, but also programming at the hotel. And it's, you know, and it's going to be this new type of economic model, right, of a co-op hotel. It'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Wow. One more story. Tell us
0: one more success story. (laughs) Okay, let me think. No, you know, one of the success stories um, that I don't talk about a lot, so I'll I'll talk about with um, this is this. She's from she was our first class. So that this was 2012 that we're talking about, right? Um, she was this, um, is this woman, she's a jewelry designer, uh, really, you know, just excited about not only designing jewelry, but providing a platform. Um, she was, she's from Cambridge, I think, or Medford, you know, from the community. Um, and she decided she was going to open a jewelry store and she decided we're looking at everywhere. And she decided that Rockport, was actually a really good place for her to open this jewelry store and you know that comes with a lot of right it's like you're moving it out of the community did it but for her price point for the type of jewelry she was making like rockport was and the type of jewelry she'd be curating was her absolutely a good you know i mean she couldn't you know martha's vineyard maybe would be a good place right the cape but these are the types of places that would be good for her consumer base so she's now has three stores in Rockport It's called Wicked Peacock so everyone go. And you know, here was this young woman who, you know, just wanted to figure out and she thought that she was going to have an online business. Um, and that that's what she was going to build and she now has three stores. So check check her out as well. Um but yeah, no, we we we're a great little ecosystem chugging away over here.
1: And much needed and you make it fun. <laughs> That's the Please, most important if we're going to
0: do it.
1: <laughs> Malia Lazu, founder of The Urban Labs, another creative mind out loud.
0: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.